Before another exciting episode of The Drive Home uh, with Gabriel Rutledge. Can you hear my air fryer in the background? Uh, GabrielRutledge.com has all of my uh, tour dates and ticket links. I'm at uh, Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton, February 2 to 4. The Looney Bin. They're crazy down there. Little Rock, Arkansas, February 8 to 11. Then I have a kind of a crazy localish week for me. Port Orchard on the 13th. Spokane. Uh, Spokane Comedy Club on uh, Valentine's Day. Ballard, Washington on uh, February 15th. Took the 16th off. Uh, February 17th, Salem, Oregon. February 18th, Federal Way. February 19th, Camino Island. I think that one's sold out. And then uh, The Rio at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas, February 20th to 26th. If you want to give me five bucks a month, to listen to the exactly the same uh, amount of episodes as the people who don't pay $5 a month. But get my eternal gratitude. Click on that Substack link in the episode notes. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. I never thought... I had fuck you money until I heard people talking about the price of eggs. I mean, it used to be two fifty. Now it's five dollars. What? That's the thing breaking you. I get inflation is more than just eggs. I get when everything costs more, it makes life harder, but fucking eggs. $2.50 for 12 eggs is honestly too cheap. I mean, that came from a chicken's vagina somewhere. In some probably terrible factory farm. I don't know what they do to those chickens at factory farms, but it's delicious. I eat a lot of eggs because I, I might not be a keto Karen, but I'm at least a low-carb Carl. I eat a lot of eggs. But apparently I'm so rich that when I have to pay two or three dollars more for my eggs... I just shrug it off. I peel another $5 bill off from my giant wad of cash and I say, keep the eggs coming. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am cheap. Here's an old man uh, complaint about the price of things if you want to play that game I may have said this before I don't know I don't remember this shit that's your job look let me say first I tip I'm a tipper you know 20% or more at a restaurant but that's at a restaurant where you sit down they bring you beverages and a menu and take your order and take your plates away and 
But this this counter service restaurant thing, way that they turn the little credit card payment thing around for you to use it, and then the options are like 15%, 20%, 25% tip. Look, if it's coffee, yeah, I'll tip 20% on a $2 coffee or whatever. I'll tip 20% on some $5 eggs, but... Like, I got pizza once for the family. I think it was 40-something dollars. And I would just... I went to the counter. It was a to-go order. And then it's like 20%? 25? 30? No tip? There's a no tip button. I don't want to give you 20% for a to-go order. I think that's ridiculous. Wait, what's 20% of $40? How cheap am I? $8? You can buy 18 eggs for $8. I don't know. What do you think a to-go tip? Not to, not delivery. Delivery's different. To go? Couple bucks, right? You put a couple bucks in the tip thing, maybe. Anyway, that I made that big speech in the line and held up the whole line. Actually, I think there's another button that says, uh, pick your own tip or other amount or something like that. But I feel like the employee, when they hear you typing away, they're like, oh, this cheap fuck. He is a shiny quarter. I'm driving home from uh, Eugene, Oregon. It's like 11 p.m., so the three-hour, 20-minute drive or something back to Olympia, that's a little out of my range. I don't like to drive home after a show that far. But no hotel was offered. Uh, And also, I could get my own hotel, which would cut into the profits, obviously, but... That makes one of my least favorite travel situations. Where I get a hotel tonight in Eugene or whatever. Just really fucking party. You know what I mean? Do an eight ball. Throw a TV out the window. I mean, yeah, it's less exciting when it's a flat screen. But I think you can still make your point. You can really frisbee that son of a bitch. No, so like I get a if I got a hotel in Eugene, then the next day tomorrow I have a show in uh, Newport, Oregon, which is like I guess a little south of Portland. I don't something like that. So I would check out of my hotel, and then I would drive to Newport, Oregon, and then I would have the whole day to kill in Newport, Oregon, unless I got another hotel room, which I definitely don't want to do because that's only a couple hours home. day sucks when you're like, oh, I'll just kill some time in Newport. You know, I roll in at 
noon, and I'm like, okay, showtime's in eight hours. I'll go to a coffee shop and hang out. Looks at clock, eight minutes has passed. I'll go nap in my car. Like, what do you, it's a long day of doing stalling, doing nothing. So I'm going home. I'll get home late, but you know, whatever. Get the kids off to school, go back to bed. Drive to Newport, drive home. That's what we're doing. Did I say Newport? I meant Newburgh. My apologies. To the great people of Newburgh, Oregon. Not a great money week last week. If you're a long-time listener to this podcast, I mean, I know I have some new listeners. uh, But I've had some wins lately. You know, last year I got passed at the Comedy Cellar. I'm working in the Vegas Comedy Cellar. I'm working all the time in Vegas. I'm taping a special later this year I've had some wins last weekend was not one of them in uh, sunny San Diego I had a door deal 50-50 which means I'm splitting it with the club right but it's a small room, 50 people, I don't know. I did the math, I, I think, <laughs> after all expenses and after what they paid me for the door deal and then my profit from merch, I believe last weekend in San Diego, I cleared $150. This room holds 50, still too fucking big. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a room next door that holds 20 and they said I get to headline that one next door. <laughs> was a risk. Also, there was a little trouble. I don't know. Some people came to see me and they sat him in the other room. I don't know if I still got the money from that. I don't know. I mean, it was cool. You know, we had, I guess some of them were giveaways, but you know, we had, you know, 30-ish people. Friday, 30-ish people Saturday, which in a room of 50 ain't bad, but some of them drove like three hours to come see me. A couple people drove a long way to see me, which is nice. That makes me feel good. I just needed them to have more friends. This club also has another club in uh, Arizona, and they're like, hey, you can work our room there too, and it's the same. It's the same scenario. There's a main room, and then there's a like a side room, a B room. That's what I was in, and it'd be the same in Arizona, same size. I'm like, I, I didn't say anything, but I'm like, I can't fucking no, <laughs> no. 
I mean, the shows themselves were great. It was a good time. It was fun. Very drunk people at a couple of the shows, but, you know. This one lady, she had been talked to on Saturday. She had been talked to during the other comics. And uh, she had a real good stretch of time. She didn't say anything. And then at one point, apropos, apropos of nothing, that can't be how that phrase works. Maybe it is. She just said something like, I've been married 25 years. Like, just what? Years? I mean, we could do this backwards if you want. How long have you been married? <laughs> I think she means she's been drinking for 25 years. So then eventually they kind of like walked her out. Uh, and then I talked to... Uh, talked to the, I guess the two friends left behind after this woman and her husband walked out. <laughs> Sir, is that, is that your friend who just left? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is this uh, pretty much every Saturday for you? Just a little too much. little too much? Hey, look, man, I, 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 no, fuck her, you know what I mean? <laughs>
You know what? There might have been more people in that other room, but they didn't have as much fucking fun as me. Uh, they actually told me to keep going until everyone leaves. <laughs> uh, we could do it in an orderly fashion. Uh, you just keep going to smaller and smaller rooms. <laughs> this is an escape room. My wife and I, uh, I have to do material now. I can't fucking do material. How long you know that bitch? 20 years. 20 years. kids all the time, uh, you make less choices than you think in life. <laughs> it's true. It's just like, why is that person your friend? I don't know. They just showed up. They showed up. They never left. <laughs> she brings liquor. She's gonna have to pay a $75 bar for an Uber charge later. <laughs> oh, and we laughed. So yeah, fun shows. And uh, San Diego, I mean, my God. Maybe the best climate, one of the best climates in the world. I mean, it was like 60 something and Kind of a cold wind coming off the ocean. Uh, but I'll take that in January. And then in the summer, it doesn't get that bad because there's still that wind. You guys, you guys, this is like the San Diego brochure right here. Just <laughs> two hot blondes drinking wine. <laughs> Welcome to San Diego. Hashtag, we're a little better than you. <laughs> I mean, you no, Maddie. I don't even know why people... You guys don't need comedy. The, the climate's too good. You don't need... You gotta go someplace with a shitty winter. Yeah. San Diego's like, well, he was funny, but he was no cool ocean breeze. Uh, oh, we actually went to a... Uh, I don't know what it was. What a, The manager's parents' house or something. It was like right on the beach, I think. Pacific Beach or Mission Beach, one of those San Diego beaches, just this three-story, like, it looks like the kind of house where they would have filmed the real world, San Diego. Uh, got to hang out there, uh, Corey Michaelis, Seattle comic, was there with me, uh, Jay Hollingsworth, former Seattle comic, uh, current Las Vegas comic, was there. Mary Santora? Damn it, that might not be right. She's hilarious. Uh, Mary Upchurch was hosting my show. She was hilarious. She's there. Bobby Kelly, Robert Kelly was there. Was, uh, he was in the main room. Uh, 
which was well, it was fun. It was fun to like hang out with like oh, I like Robert Kelly. I'd never met him before, but like I'm like yeah, this is a fun experience. Also, I don't know, just sitting on a deck because we were right next to this, uh, I guess a walkway, a boardwalk. I don't know. We I guess a walkway, the kind of beach where people are rollerblading by, you know. But just sitting in the house watching people walk by immediately, just like when you get to go to first class on an airplane, it's just like, look at these fucking peasants. Oh, I bet they wish they lived here. I should have yelled to the people walking past. I'm making $150 this weekend. I'm one of you. So it wasn't that it wasn't fun. It was a it was a good time, but man, I'm not in the $150 weekend business. I wish I was. I mean, there's comics with I don't know what, without families, without they're like you know they can just go wherever. Yeah, I'll go there and hang out. If I break even, fine. But uh, I'm not in that place anymore. I ran an ad, too. Apparently, I don't know. I ran a Facebook ad to the great people of San Diego. And like, oh, oh, the clicks I got. Everyone's looking at the ticket link. And apparently no one came. But uh, that's all right. And honestly, you know... Uh, Robert Kelly's doing a hell of a lot better than I am. Uh, but it was like, even like second show Saturday and stuff, there's like 50 people there. And like, maybe you guys don't know Robert Kelly. If you're a comedian, you do. In, my, in our world, Robert Kelly is like a dream career. But sometimes a dream career is still only 50 people on the second show Saturday. Look, I had 32 at the first show Saturday, so I'm not, you know. And don't get me wrong, Robert Kelly, I'm sure, makes a very good living as a stand-up comic, and he should. He's hilarious. He also acts. He also has a pretty big podcast. Uh, I'm sure he does very well. But it is kind of funny. The public's... Uh, sometimes the public perception, even tonight in Eugene, this is just a standard thing people say after shows that go well. It's like, oh, man, you got to get on Netflix, bro, or, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like... There are people who have been on Netflix many times or HBO or whatever the biggest opportunities you can get and sometimes it's still 50 people on the second show Saturday I've said this before but I've worked with people who have been on Netflix and after shows people still say to them you should get on Netflix and then they go I, I, I was what? I should just tell people I was. 
You may have seen him on Netflix. If you were hallucinating, please welcome. You do, at a certain level, you have to do comedy. A certain experience level. You have to do a lot of things in comedy that don't pay well to get to another level. And even now, like, you know, last year I spent a fair amount of my own money going to New York City and uh, auditioning for the Comedy Cellar and after I got passed I went back to the Comedy Cellar and that I lost money on that too because they pay you but like you know whatever 50 to 100 dollars a set uh, I'm actually going to do that again in March I hope uh, so yeah of course I, you know early early in my career I would I I did a lot of stuff where I would fly, well, kind of like last weekend it was, but I would be the middle act. You know, I would fly to Albuquerque, New Mexico for $400. They were paying me $400. And then I'm like, well, I'll sell CDs and hopefully make a little money and then they'll bring me back to headline. And it, you know, it didn't make economic sense. That's what you need. You need a little bit of a... You need to do some stuff that doesn't make economic sense. You need to be a little delusional. There's no rational thought out... Oh, I did a pros and cons list, and the pros won, so I'm going to be a professional comedian. That ain't ever going to happen. some funny comics this week I got to meet people and you never know what that connection will be later I've been thinking about that I've been thinking about the this happens so that happens part of life even in not comedy like when my uh, when my my family lived in South Bend, Washington. Uh, my dad was going to move. He was like a, a, I don't know, maintenance man, deluxe maintenance man. I think the job he had in Olympia, he, he was called an operating engineer, which I, is a weird title to put operating in front of him, someone who works in a hospital. But... Uh, did no operations. What do you need? Uh, your appendix out? Let's see. Phillips head or standard? But we were going to move from South Bend, Washington and there was two two places uh, where he got accepted for a job. Olympia, Washington and Whitefish, Montana. Uh, my parents ended up choosing Olympia, Washington, probably because it's a lot simpler to move a few hours than uh, a few states. You know, most of our family was still in Washington State, their parents, that kind of stuff. 
I think me and my brother Sean, uh, we were rooting for Montana because we're like, we heard it snowed like feet there. And we're like, yes! What is our life? What is our life? If my parents had picked Whitefish, Montana. I'm probably wearing a Carhartt jacket. Spitting into a spit cup right now. Wearing a Bassmasters baseball cap. Doing a... <laughs> making one of those Facebook videos from the... Driver's seat of my giant truck. I was raised in an America where... We're... Who knows? I wouldn't have met my wife. There was no Christy in Whitefish, Montana. There was an Olympia, Washington. Met her in fifth grade. Didn't think we were going to get married, but you know, that's how it worked out. She was, her parents used to live in Bellevue. They moved to Olympia. All these like connected things that like could have gone a different direction. Sometimes those connected things lead to something bad. But sometimes things that are disappointments end up being okay. This is what I was thinking about. This is probably boring. That was the original title of uh, this podcast. In 2012, maybe, I think, I did something called the Great American Comedy Festival in Nebraska, in Johnny Carson's hometown of uh, Norfolk, Nebraska. They even have like a Johnny Carson museum and all kinds of shit. Uh, It was kind of like put on by this guy, Eddie Brill, who at the time booked comedians for the Letterman show. So that was kind of the big carrot dangling in front of all the comedians. Like, oh, maybe I could do Letterman if I impress this guy. I did auditions. I got to go. Also, if you won... Uh, there was a decent amount of money involved, too. Uh, I went, did my set, went okay, not amazing, did not move on to the next round. Did a non-judged show at a bar as part of the festival uh, the next night and of course killed when it didn't matter but you know it was very disappointing in my head I had really built up that I was going to win this fucking thing and then like maybe get to go on Letterman there's no reason for me to build it up in my head that way there was many other hilarious people there some of them who are like very successful comedy stars now. But just in my head, I was saying shit before I left. 
to my wife, like, I feel, I'm going to win this fucking thing. I don't know why. I just feel it. I feel it. I did not win the fucking thing, as it turns out. I did my set. I think top four got to move to the next round. I was not part of the top four. Uh, had to hang out for a couple of days as a giant loser. While I was there, uh, you know, met a bunch of people. There was judges and stuff. One of the judges I met playing basketball, I accidentally uh, elbowed a guy in the face and his glasses came off. Uh, I mean, I didn't hit his face. I hit the glasses. But uh, And that person, uh, his name was Bert, and he booked the Zanies Comedy Clubs. Also, I have a very vivid memory of that basketball game. Uh, because, uh, well, one, Ryan Hamilton actually hurt his leg really bad. And he actually won the festival. I don't know if you guys know Ryan Hamilton, but he's hilarious. But he ended up winning the festival, but he had to limp on and off stage because he fucked up his leg playing basketball. But I remember Eddie Brill said to me, you know, the guy who put on the festival, the guy who was like, Everyone was hoping he would change our life. You know what I mean? He said to me, uh, he's like, I like how you drive to the basket. He's like, nobody thinks big guys can drive to the basket. They think we're going to be too slow. And I was like, yeah. And then I don't want to be a dick about it. Eddie Braille at that time was like, looked like he'd swallowed me. Okay, Like he was a much larger man than I was. So I lose the contest. I play basketball the next day, and Eddie Grill's like, hey, fist bump, couple of fat dudes playing hoops. And I'm like, God, could this weekend be any worse for my self-esteem? Every fat person knows that feeling. When a person fatter than you goes like, ah, people like us, right? And you're like, hey, 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 hey. I'm your after picture, bro. Don't drag me into this. The guy I elbowed, Bert, uh, booked Zanies in Chicago. So many years later, I mean seven, six years later, he booked me in Chicago at Zanies. I wish he was still the booker because I don't get to work there anymore, but he retired. Uh, he booked me to work. There's another Zanies in Rosemont, different part of Chicago. He booked me there. The manager of that club was a woman named Cindy. Uh, she then went on to become the manager of Brad Garrett's Comedy Club in Las Vegas because she knew me from Chicago she asked if I would work there I did because I worked there I got to work across the street at the Laugh Factory I got to do when I was working there I got to do a guest set at LA Comedy Club at the Stratosphere I'm working there now in May 
when I was working at the uh, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club one time, another comedian gave me the email address of the person who books the Comedy Cellar, which is how I ended up getting passed at the Comedy Cellar. And now I'm working the Vegas Comedy Cellar nine times this year. All of that. The origin of all of those things came from a very unsuccessful comedy festival. I mean, I came home beaten. Like, what the fuck am I even doing? All those comics I competed against, they live in L.A. and New York, and they're going back to their L.A. and New York scenes with their agents and their managers. Or even if they don't have them now, they will. I'm going back to Olympia fucking Washington. I'm going back to nothing. I'm not in the system. That's why I needed to win this comedy festival. I was so discouraged after that festival. But because I did it, in 2012, it's going to make me have a pretty good year in 2023. I guess that just means, look, San Diego was disappointed, but you never know what I get out of it. Probably what I get out of it is when I do the Comedy Cellar again, I see Robert Kelly and he goes, Do I fucking know you? So that'll be something. I think Robert Kelly is one of the uh, finest comics in the country, by the way. You guys should check him out. And he's my new best friend. So... I was at the, uh, the doctor's? No, a clinic? I was at Kaiser Permanente. That's the uh, healthcare we have. Uh, he was taking my son to get uh, a vaccine booster. What? What? own research I'm not doing my own research last time I did my own research I flunked out of community college I'm done doing research they tell me to take the vaccine I'm taking the vaccine So's my son, I guess. I mean, my wife made the appointment. But... I'm done. I'm not watching any more videos. Pro or con for vaccines or COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out. No more research.
unintentional or intentional. Whatever big medicine tells me to do, I'm going to fucking do. Because that's what I've always done. I'm on blood pressure medication. When they put me on it, I didn't go like, well, let me do my own research first. Let me check this out. I go, oh shit, okay. When my kids got their childhood vaccines, I didn't go, did fucking Pfizer make these? Is this Pertussis vaccine made by Johnson and Johnson? I fucking hope not. I didn't go home or before I went, I didn't like Google childhood vaccine side effects. I didn't look at any charts. I just go, yeah, okay. Here's some research I did. It's got nothing to do with COVID vaccines or health, really. But I just, I heard someone say the number, and so I looked it up. Did you know if you are a 55-year-old man There is a 1 in 100 chance you're going to die in your 55th year. 1 in 155-year-old men die that year. I'm uh, I'm not quite 50. I did, uh, let's see. I think if you're, let's say, if I was 50, I think I'm trying, obviously I'm in the car, I'm not looking at the screen right now. I think at 50, there's like a 0.5% chance you'll die. The chance you're going to die in five years is like about 3%. The chance you're going to die in the next 10 years, if you're 50, is like over 7%. die. (laughs) We don't think of life that way normally. But COVID kind of made us. We're all like insurance actuaries now. But it's like all those things that are like if there was like an article a clickbait article that came out right now that said percent of people in their 50s who are vaccinated died within five years. People will be like, see, I fucking told you. One in 155-year-olds die. I mean, everyone dies. One out of 100 people die. It's funny, the chart was like, uh, 
you know, if you're 90, what's the percent chance you'll live to be 100? And they're like, oh, you're dead already. You died reading this chart. Even the very, very, like young, young ages, people who are 20. Obviously, the, the younger you are, the, the, the lower the percentage. I and mean, you might be like, yeah, no shit. The older you are, the more likely you are to die. But we don't think of it in those terms. You don't give a 60-year-old a birthday card that says there's a 10% chance you don't see 62. Enjoy your life. Women, uh, the percentages were lower. And they had it by race, too, you know. Also, I mean, obviously, if you, like, eat healthy and exercise, you probably have some better odds. Uh, and, frankly, I've tried. I mean, do you want to live, or do you want to live a long time? Do you know what I mean? That sounds like something someone would say after they were jumping out of a plane to skydive. Like, do you want to live? Or do you want to live a long time? Let's go! But I, I mean, like... That's what I say in my head uh, before I order another Jameson on the rocks. Hey, I want to live. I don't want to live a long time. Here we go! So, yeah, I know. The death rates in general are up. And, uh, you know there's argument about the reasons for that and I'm not smart enough to know. But when people are like, what's with all the heart attacks with professional athletes? And I'm like, yeah, it does seem like a lot. But it was also the heart attacks were like the leading cause of deaths in professional athletes in 2019. So are there more now? Fuck if I know. That's what I'm telling you guys. I'm done. No more research. The internet was supposed to change our lives because we would have all the information. Well, guess what? We have too much fucking information. Anyway, I'm, uh... My son's getting his booster shot. Some guy comes in. And I hear him talking to, like, a, I don't know, a nurse, I suppose. Whoever's given the shots. And he's like, hey, uh... I got the, uh... Most recent booster, like, two months ago. Do you think I could get another one? And she was like, wait, so you had the the bi bivalent I don't know if that's how you pronounce it the bivalent Omicron booster and he's like yeah but it was like two months ago she's like well we've received we don't have any information about like when you should get another one but it's not you know two months is too soon if you've had that booster there are no more shots to give you and the guy was like oh alright okay 
What the fuck? Are you... Jonesin? For COVID vaccine boosters? Come on, man. Give me one more. I'll suck your dick for like a half booster. I just need something, man. Holy shit. COVID has really turned a lot of us into inside cats. I mean, that's wild. That's a wild thing to say. Can I have another booster? Do you get two flu shots, bro? Which arm do you want it in, sir? Both. Also, I know I don't need another tetanus shot for five years, but I'd appreciate if you could do that now as well. What the hell, bro? My son has, like, the weirdest sense of humor. Like, he laughs. One of the greatest sounds in the world is my son laughing. He just, it's full body, ridiculous giggle. It's great. So I'm not saying, like, he doesn't laugh. But sometimes he responds to the things I say like it was a text message. And he can't read the tone that was intended. Yes, he has been tested for autism. Thanks for asking. He passed. Wait, or failed? I mean, I guess he failed, but that's the the good kind of failure. Anyway. Uh, I went to lunch with him at uh, St. Martin's University where he goes to college just, you know, 10, 15 minutes from our house. I was actually a little disappointed because uh, last year it was just like a flat rate for the salad bar at the uh, at the student cafeteria. But then the, the, I, I just went, I had, you know, I got a salad and then they're like, put it on the scale, sir. I was like, wait, what? They weighed my salad. guy was like, you play basketball? They never think fat guys can shoot a three-pointer, but I bet you can. It's like, you son of a bitch. It was a $15 salad because, you know, I thought it was a flat rate. I was piling the chicken on that thing. I had a pound and a half of ranch on there. I mean... $15 $15 for a college cafeteria salad. I'm like, I mean, I could have... I could have bought 30 eggs for that. Oh, these egg prices. I mean, fucking Biden and these egg prices. It does mean if you're going to egg someone's house, you know... You gotta really want to now. It's more of an investment than it used to be. 
Just like when there was a toilet paper shortage, you know? You're not going to TP someone's house. They'd say thank you. I'll take this out of the tree in my front yard and wipe my ass with it inside the house. I appreciate this. I remember once a, a girl at school, high school, she was like, hey, did you, uh, she was telling me something like, did you notice anything about your car, or I drove past your house yesterday, and I didn't, I didn't know, but I misconstrued it, like, I, I had this conversation with her where I was like, what, is she, like, flirting with me, is something happening, because if a girl talked to me, you know. Like, clearly, she wants to lose her virginity to me. I mean, clearly, she wants me to lose my virginity to her. And then I couldn't figure out what she was talking about. And then, so I did. And then uh, the next day, she's like, You didn't notice we threw eggs at your car when we drove by? And I was like, Oh, no, I didn't. It was a 1973 Chevy Nova that was like four different colors of spray paint. The eggshell uh, didn't make a difference to me. But now that I think about it, of course she wanted me. That's what you do. That's a signal that you want to mate with someone when you throw eggs at their car. That was uh, in the 90s, early 90s, so those eggs cost... Uh... Actually, the store would give you $3 to take the eggs with you. That's how much they cost. But, like, around Halloween... I worked in a grocery store. Around Halloween, uh, I remember it was, like, a thing. Like, like teenagers would come in and buy, like, 100 eggs on Halloween and we're like well we know what they're for but is it like you know I guess just let them buy it you know what I mean hey it's we're not maybe these kids are having an omelet party I mean do you want to live or do you want to live forever you know what I mean so I'm having lunch with my son enjoying my $15 salad At least they didn't ask me to tip. I'm not tipping you, St. Martin's. I've given you plenty. How about the parents get a free salad a year for sending their kid to your expensive as fuck college? Anyway, my son, I'm talking to him about his classes. I'm like, what class did you just have? And he was like, British literature. And I go, oh, are you guys reading Harry Potter? Fucking nothing from this kid. He just stares at me and he goes, no, actually we're reading like, I think more serious British literature. Man, there's nothing more devastating than your joke being responded to like it was a real question. So then I went home and I told the joke uh, to my wife and girls, and they laughed. So at least some of the family gets me. 
if my family had moved to Whitefish, Montana, uh, I'm, right now I might be like, British literature? What the fuck are they teaching in these schools? This is America first. You should be reading Field and Stream and Highlights Magazine. By the way, I don't mean to imply every person in Whitefish, Montana is like some sort of redneck type. I'm sure that's not true. In fact, I think Whitefish is kind of a highfalutin ski area. Uh, someone who used to own uh, this club called Giggles in Seattle, Washington. A comedy club called Giggles. After it closed, it became a strip club called Jiggles. And now in that building is Laughs Comedy Spot. A different comedy club. I hope when that club closes, uh, I hope it's replaced with another strip club called The G-Spot. Course. No one would be able to find it. <laughs> well, they could find it if they use like Google Maps. You're right, son. You're right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this guy Terry Taylor, uh, he was in a horrific car accident. By the way, that's another thing about the you're gonna die chart. Uh, you know, it's not all health. There's suicides, there's drug overdoses, there's accidents, vending machines falling on you. A salad weighing machine can fall over and crush you. It is weird that men die faster. I can't... I mean, part of it is probably we have more dangerous jobs in general. Or maybe we're just stupider. Take more unnecessary risks. I don't know. Uh, but Terry, unfortunately, was in a horrible car accident. He did not die, but he's like really bad shape. He was in a coma. They're doing all these surgeries. I got added to this group that's like, you know, giving updates. And I'm not trying to tell you I was like real close to the dude. I wasn't. Uh, when I started, there was two comedy clubs in Seattle, the, the Comedy Underground and Giggles. And I was, I was more of a Comedy Underground guy, but I would still go to Giggles. Uh, they didn't let you say fuck on stage. That was, uh, I was the subject of much uh, angst amongst uh, new comedians. I didn't mind that, especially at the time. I swore even less on stage. Uh, but he was like, I'm not speaking ill of the dead because he's not dead, but, you know, a bit of an asshole. I mean, it's all funny now when I look back. It was just like, He's like really mean to new comedians and would like straight up make fun of them. And he was kind of, he was a cheap guy. Is like towards the end, I think he knew he was going to sell giggles. 
back to the different owner and he was really, he didn't care at the end. He would just, uh, you know, you would buy the tickets and then there was a two drink minimum, but he was like the only, it was like him and maybe one other person were the only employees. And so you would buy your tickets and then he would be like, and it's a two drink minimum uh, and you have to buy them now and then go grab them at the bar on your way. So before they even sat down, they'd spend whatever the money was on the tickets and like, you know, if it's a couple, like four drinks total. Uh, also, he would never go back to the table to ask if you wanted more drinks because there was no employees. It was, uh, it was wild. It was wild. And many, many Seattle comedians uh, from back in those days uh, have tales of Terry being, uh, saying shitty things to them. He never really, uh, to me, he'd be like, oh, Mr. Underground's here. Like that kind of shit every time I showed up. But but in this Facebook group, they're asking for like Terry stories that hopefully he can read uh, during better times. And the one that came to my mind was, uh, there was a giggles contest. It was, uh, I, I think I, probably 2002, this story takes place. Uh, so I've been doing comedy, I think, a couple years. It was a Giggles comedy competition. It was at Giggles. That particular night, there was a very intoxicated woman in the front row. Uh, I, she was, like, heckling people. She was definitely yelling shit to me. I was, like, ripping with her, making fun of her. It was doing pretty well. And this is like a judged competition, right? So it's like, okay, if that's doing well, I'm going to keep doing it. Because I don't know how to, like, transition back into my act. And at one point, during uh, my making fun of her and her drunkenly yelling shit to me, there was these shirts on the side wall of the stage. They were kind of tacked up. There was one from... Uh, David Letterman show and there was one from the Tonight Show and I don't know why but I just pulled the Tonight Show shirt off the wall and I like tossed it to her and I was like hey this is a competition like they said and congrats you won you're the most annoying person here or something like that something equally stupid to that it you know I did alright my set ends Show's over. One of the other comics says to me, uh, hey, did you ever get that shirt back? And I go, oh, shit. I forgot. I didn't even think about it. I guess I was high from getting third place for the night or whatever. And that's also uh, when I learned some bad news and the comic told me, uh, did you know Jay Leno had signed that Tonight Show shirt? And I was like, oh, Fuck. And look, like I said, Terry's reputation was like, he was very mean to everybody. And so I, everyone was like, he's going to fucking kill you. Like, people thought he might kick me out of the contest. Uh, which would have been doing me a favor. But, I told him. He was like, kind of confused. Like, why did, so you threw her a shirt? I told him he just seemed kind of amused by it. I go, hey, I'm going to buy you a new one. 
this is early 2000s internet, so it was a little harder. But I think for 50 bucks, uh, which coincidentally I believe was the grand prize for winning the contest, $50. It wasn't much better than that. But for 50 bucks uh, on eBay, I found a Tonight Show shirt and I uh, got it delivered to Terry. And I said to him, look, I ordered you a shirt. It's coming here to the club. I'm very sorry I did that. Also, I'm very sorry that I could not find a Tonight Show shirt that had been signed by Jay Leno. And he was like, ah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. And I didn't even think about this until I was looking back at that story this week. And when I realized, I think the reason he didn't care is I bet Terry signed Jay Leno's name on the Tonight Show shirt. I mean, this is a dude who would like pour Evan Williams into a Jack Daniels bottle and sell it as Jack Daniels. Of course he faked the signature. Also, these are all secrets. Don't fucking tell anybody. All right, I'm going to go. Bye. Tip your wait staff unless it's a to-go order. And then, I mean, tip them. But 20% on to-go? These kids today. <laughs>